Right, welcome to my talk about the open source NH323. My name is Andrzej Heito. Uh, I'm a fourth year ethical hacking student of Abertay. I work about two years with uh, VoIP, mostly as a sysadmin, but also I just supported uh, uh, VoIP platforms, mostly based on H323. Uh, you can contact me on email, Jabber, and this is my website. So if any question after the talk or something, so feel free to contact me. Uh, what are we going to, I'm going to talk about the VoIP in general, uh, kind of introduction to VoIP, uh, then we follow what H323 is, its architecture, then I'm going to speak about NuGK, it's an open source gatekeeper, all these terms I will explain later on, and I will finish with, with H323 security aspects. Okay, so. Right, so first of all, everyone uses probably VoIP, but just make sure what's voice over IP. It's a voice, uh, voice over, uh, VoIP is a voice over internet protocol. It's a technology which allows uh, for communication uh, over IP networks. And unlike the tra traditional public switch telephone network, uh, voices transmit over internet or other public switch networks. However, we are focused on the internet because that's the mo most popular medium nowadays. Uh, how actually VoIP works? It's uh, actually you, you speak, then it goes to the uh, audio to digital converter. It's kind of a microchip. Then it's it, uh, digitalized. Then it's passed to the protocols. Goes to the internet. Then goes to the other side. Other side and then it's digital to audio converter and then it works. So that's the basics of the VoIP. We are not going to go in details about the VoIP too much. What I need to use VoIP actually, it's uh, so there are like, that's the most uh, common things. Uh, most of you probably use them, know them. It's a VoIP gateway, it's kind of a bridge uh, uh, between conventional telephone networks and VoIP infrastructure, which means like actually internet. VoIP phones, maybe a lot of you see. So these things, it's kind of a normal phone. However, instead of a RJ11 uh, connector, it has a RJ45 connector, which allows it to connect to the Ethernet port, uh, Ethernet uh, cable. And there's software, which just uh, plenty of them. For example, Akiga, and there's like Skype. You can tell, tell that Skype is the soft phone as well. So that's kind of three basic things which you need to use VoIP, actually. Uh, the most common technologies uh, which using VoIP are SIP, H323, and the Skype. That's the uh, most popular protocols, actually, and maybe not protocols, it's a uh, technology. Because whereas SIP and Skype are protocols, the H323, it's not exactly protocol. That's what I'm going to explain now. Because H323, it's a set of standards. So it's kind of an umbrella for protocols which are used to set up a connection and make a phone call and all this stuff. So it's been uh, approved in 1996 uh, by the ITUT. It's a telecommunication uh, standardization sector. And uh, what it does is actually provides audio and visual data transmission over internet protocol networks and also guaranteed quality of service. 
So it's not only about the audio, HV2 is also about the uh, visual transmission, which is worth to remember. Uh, what are the benefits of H323? So, first of all, codex standards, because it's a kind of a standard. So, all codex, it means algorithm which uh, compress the voice, because the voice, after it being digitalized, needs to be compressed somehow. So, uh, that's what codex does. So, it's a the standard for it. It's uh, independent from network. So, as you can see, H323 runs on the top of a common network architecture. So, it means if any network architecture implements something which improves her, so uh, H323 take advantage of it. Uh, platform application dependence, not tied to any hardware operating system, so there are uh, H323 implementations for Windows, Mac, uh, Linux, Unix, uh, and many vendors use the H323, so thanks to that as a standard, so using the uh, box, Cisco box, you can be sure that you speak, you'll be able to speak to the someone who's like, I don't know, uh, other company or whatever. Uh, and uh, also it provides the bandwidth management for video and audio traffic, so that's also important in case of a... Uh, it take care of a... Uh, it can take care of the uh, fact that uh, if you're transmitting the VoIP, the bandwidth is just regulated by the H323 protocol. Uh, why actually we should take care about the H323? There is a SIP, there is a Skype. Well, as you can see, that's the data from 2006, when PSTN, PSTN so it's like just regular networks, and uh, it's 75.8% of international voice minutes. Uh, so then Skype is 4.4%, which is a lot. Other protocols, it's 4%, including SIP and probably other implementation, H323, it's almost 16%. So mostly, H323 is used for communication between telecoms to terminate and, and transmit the data. So that's why it's a big percentage. Probably nowadays, SIP, it's much, got much higher a, a part of it, because it's, whereas, the thing is that H323 wasn't created for internet uh, networks. It's kind of a, it was implemented to the internet networks, where SIP is like was created for this purpose. So that's I presume three years later the figures will be different, but I think still HP2 field take a big part of it. Uh, what do we need to actually to, to have a HP2 free network? Uh, there are like that's a four elements. Not all that them are necessary to use. However, like most important is a terminal. Second one, it's kind of a endpoint. So actually, to make a to to make a connect call, you need like two endpoints. So you need two phones, two, two one soft phone, phone, two PCs, whatever. Anyway, on the PCs will be still a soft phone. So that's a that, that that's a that's a thing. Always has to be. We have a gateways. It's tra they translate communication procedures and transmission formats. It's kind of a as I said interface between the. Uh, PSTN and H H3 to and uh, VoIP, uh, H323 in this case. Sorry, there's a mistake. It should be H323 uh, network. Uh, then another, another entity you can call is um, MCU units. It provides support for conferences between three or more endpoints. And uh, Gatekeeper, which is also optional, however, very often used within the H323 network. It provides address translation, control, access, and sometimes also bandwidth management 
for for endpoints for other endpoints because you can uh, like call those three things like endpoints and the gatekeeper is kind of a separate thing kind of a server which manages all these things. Uh, now briefly I'll go through the just mine because as I said is a H53 is a set of protocols, so it actually it's not a one protocol like SIBO. It's a set of protocols, so it uses a lot of other protocols, and that's also why it's not so popular as a SIB, because of the fact it's quite complicated, and I found it really complicated, and I still know maybe 5% about it, and maybe less. And it, uh, for uh, uh, carrying the medium, the, the medium which is used also in a SIB, I presume in a Sky protocol as well is an RTP protocol, which is a protocol which defines how devices or, soft, or software transmit and receive the data. So actually, it has a medium which carries the data, voice or uh, video data. It's described in the RFC. It's really interesting RFC, but really long. And the other protocol of HTTP is HTTP 5.0. is a call signaling. It's used to establish a connection between two HTTP endpoints, so actually soft one or, or, or gateways or anything. So that's the other mine protocol. Another one is H245. It's exchange terminal capabilities and creates media channels, so it just uh, informs the uh, other side, like end, other endpoint, about like capabilities we have, like bandwidth and everything. So that's the other protocol. And important protocol in case of the security aspect, I'm going to talk later. It's a H225 RAS. It's a, a call. Uh, it's like it performs like registration, admission, control, bandwidth changes, status. In general, it informs about uh, it's it exchange information between endpoint and the gatekeepers. So. I will show later on like exactly what is this protocol about. And H235 is a security and encryption for H323. It's kind of a set of the standards. All the standards were released by I2ET, the, the organization I was talking before. And uh, there is an interesting document. Uh, Unfortunately, it's about 300 pages to go through it, and we describe in details all, all H323 protocols, how do they work, and all these things. Uh, how do how, how, how it look like on a, a, on a seven-layer model? So, as I said, it's a bit complicated because there's so many protocols in this, and a lot of them are actually not on a particular la la layer. So, like uh, RAS, it's, it's can tell it's between four, five, and six layer. The same like the H two two five. So that's why I said it's much more complex than a C protocol, and maybe that's why it's not as popular. Uh, right, that was short introduction. I mean, we don't have time to go in details, and all these things I just try to show just bits and pieces. Uh, now I'd like to talk a bit about the gatekeeper, the the server I was talking before. It's uh, it's called the GNU gatekeeper. It's called other now it's a kind of acronym. It's GNU GK. So it's a on the public license, uh, no license, no fees, full source code available. 
many many companies run this run this server, uh, earning a lot of money using it. Uh, combines features of gatekeeper, border controller, traverse server, proxy server. It's like kind of a soft switch for the uh, HP2 network. It's kind of a mm, take care about the management of the calls, about the as as, as we can as, as I said before, like lot a lot of stuff. Uh, it's actually to install the GNU GK. You need like that's a mind libraries you ha you need. That's an open implementation of H uh, open uh, implementation of uh, HP23, which is open HP23 and PWLib. These libraries or HP23 plus and PTD. Uh, personally, I use uh, when I was running the gatekeeper. I use the first one combination of the first two. So. Uh, that's what you need to install first before you'd like to uh, install the GNU GK. Uh, uh, well, uh, how to run the gatekeeper? It's uh, the best is after you install, after you install the, the two, those two libraries, uh, that's the command you need to run. GNU GK, TTT minus C, so, that, that's, that, that's a command to just uh, inform about a lot of things, so it's like kind of verbose, verbose. Uh, that's a config file minus C, where the config file is, and that's a log name, where all the logs about the, what's happening, the gatekeeper goes. And what I do usually is like also run on a separate console, this one, time minus a log file, so j just to see the, uh, uh, the, the sc scrolling of there, because this command just shows you the, in the real time the any information which appears into the, in the log. After you run the gatekeeper successfully, that's how it looks like. It's it's not. It looks weird. Yeah, that's like quite looks complicated. However, there's a, a, inter, a web interface for a, a for a gatekeeper. However, as I, I, I like rather the um, consoles and the stuff, so I, I prefer use this one. So the the text text version. So after you run this, and that's what you see, and actually that, that, that tells you that everything is going fine, yeah? Uh, how to manage the gatekeeper? gatekeeper. So actually just turn it on the local host on the port 7000. That's how it looks like. That's uh, one, of the, one of the configuration, and after this you can enter the commands. The commands include, so as I said, it's kind of a soft switch, so if two Endpoints communicate, uh, making connections. So the uh, the voice and the voice voice over IP uh, goes through the RTP pro RTP protocol, which means the uh, transmission voice transmission uh, goes uh, peer to peer. So it's between one endpoint and second endpoint. However, all management stuff goes through the gatekeeper. So if we have like a H three to three network. And we have like a lot of endpoints, a lot of, lot of uh, gateways, a lot of soft phones, IFI phones. So all they register into the, this one gatekeeper. So if you give a command registers or uh, R, I think it's. So then you see the list of the, uh, all the endpoints which are registered to the gatekeeper. So then you can call, they can call between each other. Mm. So that's a, that's the way how you man, how how you man, deal with the managing of the gatekeeper structure using the command. As I said, there is a, a 
web interface. I, I never use it, so I have no idea how it works. That's <laughs> uh, a website when you can find brilliant documentation, in my opinion. There's everything is planned step by step about how to set up the config file. I didn't want to the details of the config file because it's really, really long and quite complicated. And sometimes if you read the config file, so it's straightforward. All right, you know what's this, what's this. However, in the gatekeeper, it's like, you know, just it's really weird. <laughs> However, documentation is really good. And, and if you're interested in this, it's worth to see. So to recap, it's like, as I said, it's not the necessary thing to run the gatekeeper within the HP2 free network. However, it's worth to do it because it provides a lot of optional things which uh, like uh, for example it can it can tell the um, the other side all right we use too much bandwidth so you should change the bandwidth or, or also provides like if you got two endpoints behind the firewalls so you can connect through the gatekeeper the information about IPs and everything so yeah, it's worth to have a look uh, well we we'll go f as I said it's like that's a weird presentation because too many, there's too many topics I would like to speak about and just wanted to just, as I said, bit and, bits and pieces about like what's VoIP, introduction. I didn't want it to go too, in, too much into deep and also wanted a bit to tell more technical stuff. So that should take much, much more. So I had actually, unfortunately, I had to cut down the presentation. So now I'll tell you something about the HP to free security. That was uh, some of the pictures you see. Maybe they are not the best quality because I took them from my project I, I was doing on the end of third year, so I didn't have the time to to resize them or something like change the quality of them. Right. Uh, first of all, uh, that's interesting. If you run the gatekeeper of your, if you run the void void box or anything, that's an interesting port. We have uh, interesting ports. So doing. And if you're trying to attack, let's say, attack, hack system or, or, or server, first of all, you have to do the uh, discovery, what it's all about. So that's enumeration it uh, takes care of. So if you want to find out the gatekeeper which you want to attack, so first of all, you have to find it somehow. So that's, a, for example, you're looking for open port 1718 or 1719 or 1720. So that will tell you that possibly these machines run gatekeepers. So, like in this case, so using the Nmap, you just normal scanning, and you just list the interesting ports, scanning all all subnet of ten network, and then it goes. So let's like for example here, it find like open port seventeen twenty. It's actually showing this H three two three or Q nine three one, which is one of the protocols used by H three two three. Right. Uh, that I, I was saying that I would tell more about the RAS pro RAS protocol. This protocol is, is about uh, uh, dealing between. Uh, it's about exchanging information between the gatekeeper and endpoint. This is how it looks like usually. So we have an endpoint. The endpoint sends the uh, the data, the, the frame of a, a, a gatekeeper request. So actually, it's looking for a gatekeeper. In the, there is a network. Yeah, let's say it's a network and uh, endpoint. Okay, so he, it, it would like to find the gatekeeper. So it sends the request, a gatekeeper request. Then the, any gatekeeper or more gatekeepers, because it can, it can be more in the in the one network. 
request or gatekeeper confirm or gatekeeper reject. So which, which means like or yeah, I'm gatekeeper, I'm your gatekeeper or I'm not your gatekeeper. It depends. So if it send gatekeeper confirm, that then this endpoint connects to this gatekeeper. Uh, yeah, we are we are talking about the enumeration still. So now, now we are talking about the user enumeration because of the fact like if you log into the if you have a soft phone or anything anybody use a soft phone you have to put your login and password. So somehow that's a kind of authentication authentication process. So. Uh, uh, Say it like when first of all is the gatekeeper discovery and then actual endpoint connects to the gatekeeper. So is that's a, that's another like registration registration request endpoint send registration request after it discovered the gatekeeper and gatekeeper okay I'm confirming you, you can use me. But anyway, you can. It's a registration confirmed and registration reject. It depends. So in this case would be like, uh, if if it connects, so that be registration confirmed. So why it's important? Because if you run Wireshark or any other scanner, let's say Wireshark looks quite good. So that's how the exchange looks like. That's the IP of the endpoint. That's the IP of the gatekeeper. So it sends like gatekeeper request, gatekeeper confirm. There's a registration request, and then it reject. In this case, the gatekeeper reject the uh, endpoint because of the wrong password. I think, as far as I remember. So, in case if the authentication authentication will fail, so the gatekeeper send the uh, uh, registration uh, reject uh, frame. Uh, as I said, the problem with it is uh, if you can see that there is a. Re uh, gatekeeper confirm. As you can see, there is a plain, uh, plain username in, inside the frame. So that's a that, that's a problem. That's why I'm saying that's why that was important to know how the, the exchange works, because in this case, actually, you can find the username <coughs> during the when the endpoint trying to con uh, connect to the gatekeeper. You, you are able to get the username. The best bit is. Uh, there is a username, but also there is a password uh, based with hashing authentication. That's uh, one of the three uh, types of authentication uh, H3 can use. So this one is the most popular because it's uh, quick and enough sophisticated, let's say, sophisticated. Uh, but the best bit is it also sends the hash of the password, which means having the username yeah, and the hash, we run able that was a simple password due to the fact I need it for the project so I just need to the proof of concept yeah so I'm just using the, the simple thing so actually uh, user user 39 was the username and also user 39 was the password in this case so in this now we have the username and we have the password so actually we can connect having the other box other gateway at the soft phone you can pretend that, okay, we are this username, user39, yeah? So, and thanks to this, we can spoof the if 164 alias, which is like, 164 alias is a phone number and plan connected to the endpoint. So actually, you can just uh, 
just a number like uh, in, in you can like four 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 okay and you have like inside the institution you got like a, a, a internal number so that's a, is one six four alias for example so when username password cracks spoofing is done so actually you can have a situation when don't know that is like important things yeah and the, the important decision has to be made uh, based on the what I'm going to say. So someone having my password and my uh, my uh, uh, username can phone like CEO of the company and tell, okay, he will see on the ID of the display, okay, internal number 444, oh, that's, that's this guy. And then, you know, it's like many things can happen, yeah? <laughs> Could you like intercept it to take um, like help desks? Yeah, help yeah exactly, because you, you, you can, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Brilliant, brilliant example. Like you can, uh, all right. I'm calling from the this room, yeah, and help this know that in this room there is only this one guy, and see the on the uh, ID display the on the display ID of the number. Okay, so you know many you things. Call pretending to be help desk and asking people for that. Exactly, or or, the, or other or, or other way. So dangerous thing. Uh, other thing which is a H2255 registration reject is kind of a, a denial of service uh, attack. So during endpoint registration for the uh, registration request, actually to connect to the network, so to be authenticated and have possibility to call, to make a phone call between uh, other endpoints within this network, using the, you know, I don't know how to pronounce it, but the VNAK, that's the software, Python script, you can send a registration reject message, which I saw before, because if, if you can, after a registration request, gatekeeper can tell, okay, registration confirmed. But in this case, you're sending registration reject message to whole network, and looks like this. So there is a syntax of the send syntax of the of the script, and actually it's like it looks like it sends from the the endpoint thinks that this registration reject is sent from the gatekeeper. So actually, it, it's, uh, it's not, uh, it, it, it can't connect to the gatekeeper. So actually, you can make call, call you can, you can, you can, you can register to the gatekeeper. So actually, you can't make any phone call. It's kind of a denial of service attack. Really dangerous in case of you really need to make a phone call. Like, and, uh, of course, there is possible about the VoIP. It's not only about the H323, it's about the SIP as well. And any, any VoIP uh, protocols which uses RTP, it's possible. That's only the screenshot from the last moment when actually we can just uh, record the phone call, which is just scary because you're just talking to someone and then I can, f I can record this phone call in a, a WAV file and just record it and then play it and do whatever I want, you know what I mean? It's possible also to inject the files, but I just wanted to show you just few, few, um, few, few things just to let you know, to, to allow you to realize that how vulnerable VoIP is and uh, just to, to exactly. And the uh, other thing is that's actually thing when during my project I, I find out this thing and I'm not sure it's been re uh, released so I just briefly if you manipulate the packet which is sent from the gatekeeper 
during the exchange of the again RS, RAS ex, uh, information. So if you <coughs> there is a few fields which you need to change. Now based the, the fields are based on the, how to change it. You, have, you you will know based on the fact that there are a few things that very variable. But as I say, I, I'm not going to talk about it. Like it's like not the mm, to say things. So and using the nemesis you can actually inject the packet from the uh, gatekeeper. I mean, you can pretend that be, uh, to, the, to this endpoint, there is a, this packet, which is created before, as a, on the previous, uh, that, that's the name of the, of the file. So you can inject this, this, frame, this uh, frame, this packet to the gatekeeper, to the conversation between two endpoints, and in this case, endpoints will think that there is a uh, the gatekeeper send the information about the end of the call, which went, which means the call will be disconnected. So it took me a while to figure out what needs to be changed, how it works. However, it works perfectly. That's scary because it's using this one and using the. It's a bit take a bit while to prepare this packet because it's. Uh, it's, it's not the default packet. You have to change any during any call. You have to just sniff the data, and then according to the data you have, you have changed the information inside the packet. However, it works, and, and that's a scary thing as well. And that's also only a few things I, I show you about the vulnerabilities of void because there is many, many more of them, and it's not about only H323, but also about the SIB and other things. However, to recap, it's like. Yeah, H323 is an interesting thing, interesting set of protocols, interesting technology, and if anyone is interested in VoIP, like in details, so I think he would like the 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 H323 protocols, and it's a lot of fun with them. You know, so I'm really enjoying them. Like, so I mean, I'm in networking. Ah, it's just like I'm network freak, but you know, packets and all this stuff. So. So, if you want to know more, that's a brilliant site. First one, second one, that's a lot of information about the void, not only about H323, but just massive. They're brilliant information. That's the website of GK, that's the ITU in my website where you can find out the specification for 300 pages, specifications for H323. Interesting, worth to read, in my opinion. And uh, that's my references. Very if you, the interesting book, great book about the VoIP and security. So I really recommend this one. A lot of things I, I read about it. I actually that's the book which showed me the possibility of uh, how to how you can hack VoIP and uh, how how you can how you can find vulnerabilities in the VoIP. So I hope you enjoy any questions. Hopefully not everyone sleeps, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm guessing that there are countermeasures you can use yourself to prevent this happening. Can you well, not really. Not, not everything, you know what I mean? So it's like there are also, you can encrypt the stuff, however. But you can still do this packet corruption. Well, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I did, didn't find out any countermeasure again. I didn't went so much into details about it. But, to, you know, I spent a lot of time analyzing the traffic between, like, especially the RSA protocol traffic, how you can intercept it and how many things you can do with this. So that's actually the thing I'm going to explore now, the countermeasures, because I'm really into the VoIP security now. So.
Is there any difference between telephone? How's the other, other term for the same thing? It's always like voice over IP, telephone over IP, name it as well. It always goes over internal protocols. So. Anything else? Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.